Locked On Rays, your daily Tampa Bay Rays podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, my name is Kevin Weiss. I'm Ulysses Sombrano. Host of Locked On Rays, part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Thank you for making the Locked On Rays podcast your first listen every day. And remember, the Locked On Rays podcast is free and available on all platforms, including YouTube at Locked On Rays. Also, be sure to follow us on Twitter and Instagram at Locked On Rays. And you can email us anytime, LockedOnRays at gmail.com. Well, Ulysses, this is not a hockey podcast, but there was some Rays-related news in the hockey sphere, in the Tampa Bay Lightning sphere, as I'm going to go out and say it, that Brett Phillips and Randy Arozarena are, they are tight. They are pals. They are buddies. They're going to soccer games. Now they're going to hockey games. I love it. I love the dynamic between those two. I I love it too. It's so cool to see your baseball stars being involved with the community in the other professional yeah. sport. And I know that, uh, that also also happened with football too. So that's pretty cool. Mm-hmm. The, the whole Champa Bay thing is really a breathing organism now for yes. the last couple of years. And, and it's nice to feel that way. Again, we were talking about it, uh, last episode with the whole Pasco you know, spring training complex situation you when you integrate the whole community mm-hmm. that, that that's an intangible there that I think is valued more than what the dollars say. Yeah. And it would be even more ingrained and more uh, goodwill built up between the, the professional sports franchises if and when the Rays are playing in Ybor City. I'm just throwing that out there. But uh, we did pose a question that generated quite a bit of conversation on Twitter, uh, knowing that Brett Phillips and Randy Rosarena were at the recent Lightning game, mm-hmm. uh, which was really, really packed from the picture I see here. Um, which current... Which current Rays player on the 40-man roster do you think would make the best hockey player? No wrong answers. And Ulysses, I know you're more of a soccer guy than a hockey guy, but I'm curious to hear your take on this. And by the way, we will get we do have, we do have another player review today. It is Manny Margot. We will get to that eventually, but figured we would start the episode off with a, a little fun here, if you will. Well, you know, I, I, again, I don't really know much about hockey except that they they pretty much pummel each other at times. So I would mm-hmm. want somebody on the skates that could pummel somebody if they need to. Mike Zunino, I think, yes. has the ability to pummel somebody. Um, I, I don't know why, but I think, oh, well, he's no longer in the 40 man. I was going to say Joey Wendell might be a good guy to like take off his gloves. He might not even play with gloves. Yeah. You know, but yeah, I, I think Mike Zunino's my pick. Okay, that's your guy. Yeah. That's who you're going with. You know what? That's not a bad choice. In fact, I think there's several guys. I know I just say pick one, but mm-hmm. Mike Zanino is very high up on that list. And I know some of the listeners out there suggested that he would make a good goaltender. And I don't necessarily disagree with that, but I would rather him be in the position like you mentioned. Right. I would like him to be a tough defender. I yeah. would like him to be a goon. I would like him to get <laughs> in the corners and push guys and knock guys around. And he wouldn't be afraid to block shots and get in front of yeah. somebody like yeah. I, he would be an intimidating, intimidating presence on a back line, I think. So, but then again, you have to have somebody 
agile on on skates too, right? So what what's yeah. that what's that nice competitive balance out there, right? That you can throw punches, but yeah. still it, be pretty quick. And, and that's why I had to mention a couple guys because I don't know if there's one raised player that could do it all and be okay, well rounded to that extent. And that's the thing is with hockey, just like with every other sport, there's different roles. Not, you know, usually a goon is not a guy that's going to score 45, 50 goals in a season. So Mike Zanino would know his role. Now the guy, as far as a skill position player that would maybe be agile on the ice and be, be able to give you a nice little slap shot from the wing. Um, I'm going with Brandon Lau. Ooh. Okay. The majority of hockey players. Okay. Swing. With the left shot, the left hand, if you will. And I think that... That's power right there. He brings a lot of power. Yeah. Now, he wouldn't perform in the playoffs. I think we know that. We learned that. He, w- he wouldn't score any goals in the playoffs. But I think he... We see how well he runs the bases. I think he'd be yeah. able to handle himself on the skates. The the quickness as an infielder, side to side. I got I a think second one. Be, I think he, he, he gives me a little Marty St. Louis vibes. He's he's okay. unassuming. Of, you know, 5'10", 180, but... Man, he can play some hockey. I can get the body language too. We've talked about Brandon Lau's yeah. body language. I think that uh-huh. he has a hockey one. How about uh, your namesake? And from the north, he's seen some snow. Maybe he knows how to ice skate. Kevin Kiermeyer. That he's wouldn't be tough. a bad idea. He's tough. Yeah, and he, he's and agile. He has played multiple sports in his youth. He was a noted football player and basketball player. So, so it might not be such a stretch to be like, yeah. "Hey, kid." Put the blades on. He could probably do a good job of chasing down pucks. Now, yeah, uh, a couple other guys, as far as a goaltender would go. Okay. Um, and I know some people mentioned Mike Zanino, but there was only, well, there's two guys, but one guy I think could really fit that role. Tyler glass. Now just a guy that's six foot eight, <laughs> 225 pounds. Where, where's the room to score? Nothing gets through case. there. Yeah. He'd be like Ben Bishop who, who now had to retire, but I, I get those types of vibes from Tyler. Like, I don't have an angle here. Like, yeah. he's all arms and legs and chest. How, like how am it. I going to fit the puck into the net with all that's going on there? I and like I, and I feel like he's like, even though he's big, I feel like he's he's flexible enough and athletic enough to go down and you know drop the knee if need be and he an angle around to to stop a puck. He was a gymnastic uh, kid okay. growing up. And yeah. and so he's got that background. He's got the flexibility. Mm-hmm. So I'm sure he just do some yoga. Right now, the other guy that I was thinking maybe for a goaltender, and this might be a little bit off the wall, but I just look at a guy who makes a lot of stops defensively. Taylor Waltz. Okay. Okay. Not bad. Yeah. And he and he's gritty too. Yes. Yes. Now there's not look. I guess traditionally goaltenders are a little bit on the bigger side, right. maybe not to the extent of Tyler Glass now, but you know around six three, two ten, six yeah. three, two twenty, and and Taylor Walls isn't that size, but there have been some smaller goaltenders in the past. But the reflexes, the reflexes I think, are would there. certainly work to his extent. Uh, now, question here before yeah. we move along: Okay, uh, who do you think would be the worst hockey player on the Rays' forty-man roster? The worst hockey player, Francisco Mejia. Okay. Uh, I mean, again, uh, you know, and, and you can you can put any of us uh, from Latin America. We we really don't have that yeah. much familiarity with ice skates. Of course, there, there are people that go on you know on holidays and all that, but it's not something in our DNA, right? Uh, to to go into a, a an ice rink. So I, I think yeah. Mejia might have the most trouble. I would I. I 
you know I, who I think would be actually pretty good? Randy Rosarena. I think this guy would take on any challenge. When yeah. you see him do backflips and stuff like that, I think Randy Rosarena would have no problem. Yeah. Uh, as far as my guy, who yeah. I think would be the absolute worst on the ice, uh, G-Man Choi. I think he'd get hurt. I think he'd roll an ankle. He'd pull a calf. You, you don't see many. Uh, yeah. There aren't many 260-pound hockey players. Well, there might not be any, quite frankly. Yeah. And, and you know, I, I mean, yeah, that, that's a good one. Yeah, that's a good one. Look, I, I think I know that some people might make the argument, well, he makes the acrobatic plays at first base. I just don't see. It's I, tough on blades. Yeah, I, I don't think that would work out well at it's all. It's tough on blades. It's tough on blades. Yeah. Yeah. So uh, thank you to uh, the listeners that participated in this. Just yeah. running through a couple of quick comments here. Zach Dab says, I feel like Zanino would be a great keeper. Matt Germain says Mike Zanino would win a Vezina trophy. Uh, Ray up says KK. Uh, Matty P says G Man Choi would be a heck of a goalie. Uh, R Hill says Meadows or Zanino. I'd be curious as far as Austin Meadows. I don't know how. I mean, maybe being able to hit the puck well, but I don't. Is think, there a I don't Georgia know how team? Well, I don't know how well he would move on the ice. Is there a Georgia hockey team? Yeah. I mean, I'm sure there's. I don't think like the University of Georgia has a hockey team or they, no they in the NHL. Have, like, is there an? Uh, oh, there team? was there was the Atlanta Thrashers, but they got relocated. So, okay, yeah, okay. I Austin Meadows doesn't come off to me like a big hockey fan. I'm just gonna throw that out there. No, he's more chill. He's more fishing. Yeah, he's more yeah. fishing. He's more the fishing guy. Yeah. Um, Chris says Fairbanks would be intense as a hockey player. Now he's Ooh. got the look. He's got the intense look. I'll give him good that. one, Chris. Yeah. Good one, Chris. Yeah. And then uh, Amy Brain ranks him one, two, three, Pete Fairbanks, Mike Zanino, Brandon Lau. I think one thing that gets overlooked about Brandon Lau is we sort of joke and shed light on the fact that he's got so much power punched into a 5, 10, 180 pound frame, but he's got a thick lower half. Yeah. Thighs and calves. And that's what you need as a hockey player. And you're moving on those skates. Marty St. Louis, for example, again, just Google Marty St. Louis in thighs and you'll be like what the heck are these did he <laughs> not safe for work yeah, yeah essentially there we go uh okay we will move along to our player review of manny Margot. but first ulysses we got to tell the audience about something called stance yes stance apparel represents a radical reinvention of socks underwear and active apparel with a sharp focus on comfort, quality, and creativity, Stance brings in a typical aesthetic alongside some of pop culture's hottest collaborators by the ultimate in style and self-expression. Because everything you wear should be a direct extension of who you are and how you feel. For example, they've got Batman gear, uh, MLB, NBA, Star Wars, The Office. Of course, Kevin has mentioned that in the past. Harry Potter. Mm -hmm. You're watching that last night. I was. I was. I saw Deathly Hallows Part 1 and I couldn't uh, keep off it. And so I watched Part 2 because I love it. By the way, they also have got Marvel. Are you a Marvel fan? Kevin? Uh, not particularly. No. no. You don't have a favorite superhero from the Marvel universe? I don't even know if I would be correct in what a Marvel superhero is. Is Spider-Man Marvel? There we go. That's okay, good. Thank you. There you go. Well, you know, we can get into the whole Sony thing. But close yeah, enough. Spider-Man is close enough. And now, let's get back to Stance. Stance believes that the perfect fit matters more than fitting in. That those who feel good, do good. Go see for yourself. Register for an account at stance.com and get 15% off your first purchase. Use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout and to apply. 
enjoy the color and comfort of a life less ordinary with stance. Isn't the new Spider-Man movie coming out? It is. No Way Home. Are you seeing that? Uh, I want to, but I have to do a refresher. I like to do the refresher. Yeah. Like, I want to see the number one. I want to see the number two, and then I'll, I'll see this one. So it, it'll I, be a minute. I just can't keep up with the superhero movies. It's a, they're a lot. Maybe when I'm just re-watching Dexter. Maybe that's my problem. I need to venture outside of my comfort zone and watch new things. I go. don't know. I think that's what it is. Okay, <laughs> uh, Manny Margot. Hello. Player review what went right, what went wrong in his future with the team. Plus, we give him a little grade at the end. Uh, I don't think it'll be quite as controversial as the Brandon Lau grade that Probably we not. presented. But uh, Ulysses, let's present Manny Margot. Yes, Manny Margot had a slash line of 254, 313, 382 for a 696 OPS. He had 10 home runs, 57 RBIs, 13 stolen bases, a WRC plus of 95, an F war of 1.4. Did you get his uh, BRAF war? Interestingly, it was double of his F war, 2.8. Oh, wow. So they're looking at a 1.92 war guy. Okay. Essentially. Uh, if you combine those two. Um, let's, can we start with the positives? That's what we usually do. What went right with Manny Margot? This guy is uh, a really, really good defensively. At least the defensive metrics on him. We were yeah. talking about how defensive metrics are not really fan of Brendan Lau. The defensive, defensive metrics love this guy. I mean, yes. outs above average... He's in the 99th percentile. I don't care how accurate these defensive metrics are, but when you're in the 99th percentile, that is just good. Yeah. I mean, you're elite in that metric itself. If, if it has some flaws, whatever, it still shows that you're elite in it. So that's that's pretty good. And when you put that together with the sprint speed mm-hmm. in the 87th percentile, the outfielders jump in the 82nd percentile, you can see that he his value defensively is really good, especially when you pair him up with a guy who's also really will in the really good in the outfield like Kevin Kiermaier. It's interesting you bring that up about his defense. MLB.com actually labeled him as the rangiest defender from this past year, giving him awarding him the most combined four star and five star catches. Look at that. He had thirteen. After that, it was Kike Hernandez with 11, Michael Taylor with 11, Harrison Bader with 10, and then four players tied with eight. I didn't look at the four players tied with eight. I would assume that Kevin Kiermaier would have to be up there. Maybe. But who knows? But uh, And maybe here's why his Fangraphs war was a little bit lower than B-Ref, or I guess half of yeah. uh, B-Ref, is Fangraphs actually rated him as a negative defender in whatever algorithm or... Uh, make it make sense whatever formula they come up with now it's it's barely negative but it's still and i'm like i i don't know how anybody could come up with that with manny margot and then if you look at fielding bible they credit him with 13 defensive runs saved between all three outfield spots and here's the thing about manny margot is the versatility to play left field center field and right field and do them all not just adequately but very very well yeah at times let's remember when Manny Margot gets traded to the Rays they were already making articles about is this the first time we're going to see a two outfielder mm-hmm. uh team yeah Kevin Kiermaier and Manny Margot uh, that 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 was pretty lofty um so you you can see the value defensively 
but you can also see the value in the way uh, that he utilizes his plate discipline. Mm -hmm. Um, You know, he might not walk a ton, but he doesn't strike out a ton. In fact, on a team that strikes out so much in baseball, he had the second lowest K rate at 15.1% in the whole team. By the way, the only guy who was better than him was future MVP Wander Franco. Yeah. So it's a nice change of pace when you've got a guy who is not going, who's not going to strike out, right. who's just going to put the ball in play uh, and uh, is not going to be uh, victimized by a lack of speed either. Yeah, and you know, it's actually, I, I think we can just label Manny Margot. He's, like you said, he's not going to walk a ton. And, and I think part of that is that, let's be honest, teams aren't necessarily fearing Manny Margot. They're going to attack him and go after him. It's like, okay, if you beat me on an infield single, you bloop one over the shortstop or second baseman's head. Okay, you're right. not bl- you're, you're not Brandon Lau up here mm-hmm. at the plate. But the lowest strikeout rate of his career, now not a huge walk rate or on-base percentage, but it's, it's refreshing to not have to see a guy strike out 28, 29% of the time. Now, yes. uh, as far as continuing on his positives, and look, I don't think we're not going to joke around here and say that Manny Margot is a perennial all-star player, future Hall of Famer, or anything like that. He's just a solid ball player that's a consistent ball player. I think for the most part, year in and year out, outside of the 2020 pandemic season, you sort of know, we can sort of pinpoint what you're going to get from Manny Margot. You know you're going to get excellent defense. You know you're going to get a batting average around 250. You know you're going to get a strikeout rate under 20%. You might get a dozen home runs, 18 to 20 doubles, 10 to 12 stolen bases. That, you know, 690, 700 OPS, that's about what you're going to get. And just the consistency month to month, yeah, ahead in the count, behind in the count, pre All Star break, post All Star break. Like he's just, it's not like he. You know, we we talk about streaky hitters, <laughs> and the Rays have had their fair share of streaky hitters. It's not like Manny Margot one month hits four hundred, yeah. another month he hits one sixty. It's I'll hit two seventy one month and two forty another month, and that's basically what you get. And and especially when you have the depth that the race have right now you know let's go back to 2019 that spot was guillermo heredia's yeah many Margot is like not only one step but like five steps yeah. above what guillermo heredia can guillermo heredia is the definition of replacement level player many yes. Margot is one and a half to two win player at the least and and many Margot in a team that um that is not looking to be a perennial playoff con- tender would get 50 at bats right even 500 at bats he would be played you know almost daily Margot, honestly if you look at his positives at the plate the splits are so obvious yeah though uh his when he bats against lefties it's i mean he's really really good in 187 at bats he had a slash on of 273 a 346 on base 406 slugging for a 753 ops that's healthy. Mm-hmm. That's real healthy. Yeah. So that fourth outfielder spot, when you're trading Heredia to Manny Margot, you can definitely yeah. see the the difference there. And even versus righties, it's not like he's he's totally he's a total platoon guy. Like he can still sort of hold his own 
against righties. <sighs> it's not like he's a, a 160 hitter versus righties. I mean, I think no. he's like a 235. Two, that's league average. No, yeah. Again, it's it's what you are okay with a fourth outfielder giving right. you that, that those types of numbers, but you could really maximize the, yeah. the, the positives in Manny Margot if you don't have to utilize them so much right. against righties. Now, the other thing with Manny Margot, before we move on to what went wrong with him from this past season, uh, I mean, just the availability of, as I mentioned with the, the stats, is you pretty much know you're going to get 125, 140 games out of him. Yeah. So. I mean, you're going to stay healthy when, with a guy that uh, KK, with his uh, history of getting hurt. Yeah. And you have to have a guy who can step up, provide good defense, provide mm-hmm. a decent at, at, at bat. Yeah. That's Manny Margot. Can I say this about his defense? What I really love for Manny Margot is he does so many things well, whether it is making a diving catch in the alley, whether it's a ball over his head that he's able to track, whether it's a ball in foul territory that he gets to the basket catches. He makes the basket catches <laughs> yes, look does. so easy. Like, how do you do that? You are such yeah. a magician yeah. with that. So, uh, okay. Is that the Stu Sternberg blowing up your phone over there? What's going on? Well, Stu you know, keeps, come on, Stu. He didn't like, uh, the, it's after five. He didn't like it, man. He, he was like, you know, I got to get the boys uh, a little bit of crap. So, or is that intern is. McGee having some bathroom trouble? No, so, I don't think intern okay. McGee showed up today actually. So <laughs> yeah, we yeah. intern McGee might've quit after, after some of the uh, yeah. crap talking literally that, literally. uh, we presented uh, in front of our audience there. Okay, so what went wrong with uh, Manny Margot from 2021? What went wrong? Boy, 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 what went wrong? Um, I, I really could focus, number one, on the the power side of, of his production here. Right. Um, the slugging was the lowest of the team at 382. Yeah, that he's, again, we... we Praised Manny Margot for what he is. We have to also acknowledge that he's a number seven, number eight hitter. It, it would, I would, what I would prefer is if he was able to get that on base percentage up to like 350, 360, then he could be a great number two leadoff guy. But it, because again, a lot, he, he puts the ball in play a lot, yeah. but it's not a lot of extra base hits. It's a lot of bloop singles. Yes. And that, Sometimes you need that, and sometimes it'd be it'd be nice to have a triple or a double. And when you talk about WRC plus on the team, he was also last uh, at ninety five. For those mm. again that want to get a little bit more explanation on WRC plus, it's a great great comparison tool for players for offensive production. Remember, one hundred is league average, so meaning one hundred fifty would be fifty percent above league average. So he was five percent down Question. at ninety five. Yes. Uh, does this does the WRC plus take into account position? It takes it into account par fa- park factors. So anything it kind of like um, it condenses every extenuating circumstance into one okay. tool. So for example, a one twenty WRC plus in course field is is not the same right. as somebody in a pitcher. So you get docked yeah. for where you are. Now in Margot's defense. If Margot was a first baseman or a third baseman, then that WRC plus would be like, you got to bring that up a little bit. But because he's, I mean, he's naturally, essentially a center fielder. So you're talking about an up the middle position. I don't 
usually expect a guy like that to have a WRC plus of 115 or 120. That's correct. The problem is when you compare them with the other outfielders like Kevin Kiermaier and, and, and Brett Phillips, they do have a higher mm. WRC plus. So in his own company, he was last on the team. We talk about the splits a little bit. The, the right-handed OPS, 650 OPS. Is it is it okay for a fourth outfielder? Yes. The problem is that he actually took 234 at-bats against righties. Yeah. So you are seeing too much of the flaws uh, by getting a lot of playing time against righties. I know that you can't always pick your spots. People get hurt. You have to step up. Right. But the production really wasn't there against righties. Here's my thing. Uh, and we've mentioned this, the, the stolen bases. Uh, he was caught stealing eight times. He had 13 stolen bases, caught stealing eight times. Not a very good percentage. And I can't – the only really couple theories that I have on this is – Again, sometimes it you're just bad call, whatever it may be. But he has he has gotten slightly slower since he entered the league. When he entered the league, his rookie year, his sprint speed was 30.1 feet per second. Now it hovers around 28.4, 28.6 feet per second. And that's been decreasing essentially every year since he came into the league. And his just to base to base home to first has gone from when he first got in the league, 4.11 seconds to now 4.27 seconds. So maybe he's gotten a little bit slower and he needs to start relying or improving his base running instincts. If he is going to try to swipe a bag, getting a better jump, not hesitating on when you're going to make that jump. Maybe you have to take into account who's the pitcher here. Who's the catcher here? What type of pitch is going to be thrown here? You can't just, he's getting to a point in his career where he can't just rely on his pure flat out speed yes. to be safe 80, 90% of the time. And and the thing is you talk about the percentage, 62% uh, stolen base rate, 62%. That's, that's awful. Yeah. Honestly, that, that, that should not happen with a guy that has his wheels. I know you're talking about him deteriorating. He's the, still the, very the fast, speed. but like when he first entered the league, he was 99%. Well, time. what do you think happens though? Like in your head, you don't really feel like he, in his head, maybe yeah. he doesn't feel like he still has that same speed. So he's still going and he might've been safe three, four years ago yeah. in the spots that he's taken, but you have to adjust because that's the first thing that goes for, as a ball player. You know, the speed, the, 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 yeah. the quickness, that's the first thing that goes. So a guy that relied so much on that, you can see it. Again, 13 stolen bases, eight caught stealing, that cannot happen. So I'm, I'm hopeful that that can kind of turn around. I don't know if I, uh, there's a problem there um, with, with some guys not really taking the right spots because in the top 15 uh, caught stealing, the race had three. Mm. Randy Rosarena was number one, right? Tied with uh, Shohei Otani, uh, Manny Margot, and Joey Wendell. So th- I think that's troubling. Devil's advocate, of course, if you're a team that runs, you are probably going to be caught more often right. than other teams that don't run at all. So, mm-hmm. devil's advocate there. But, you know, still, I wouldn't want to see a guy getting 13 stolen bases. And getting caught eight. That just can't happen. I agree. I agree. And we've talked about Manny Margot for the most part being able to stay healthy throughout his career. Now he did have a left hamstring strain that forced him to miss some time in July. Okay, so that's went right. Uh, that's what went right and what went wrong with Manny Margot. Now we'll get to 
uh, his future with the team, which I think is kind of an interesting question. But before we get to that, we've got to tell you about Bet Online. Bet Online has you covered all season long with more props, odds, and lines than ever before as football season continues to march to the playoffs. Bet Online remains your number one spot for all the sports action this season. Be sure to head over to their new updated desktop or mobile website to sign up today and receive a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Just use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N. L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N is the promo code to receive that bonus. Bet online. It is the fastest and easiest way to bet on all of your favorite sports, and it's where the game starts. All right, Ulysses, Manny Margot. His future with the Rays in 2022 and maybe beyond. According to MLB trade rumors, he is projected to make somewhere around $5 million in arbitration this upcoming season, and he'll be a free agent in 2023. So I ask you, Ulysses, will Manny Margot be on the Rays roster in 2022 at $5 million, give or take? Man, I someone's got to go, right? I feel like this is a choice conversation where like somebody's got to go. Bradley, either with okay, Kira yeah. Meyer, and, you know, and Meadows and Rosarena. Somebody's got to go. Choice still. There. So who is it then? Is, so is, is it, it Phillips? Is it Margot? Is it KK? Is it somebody else? I mean, honestly, like when I look at Manny Margot, I I I love what he can provide because KK gets hurt a lot after seeing you know, KK's deep numbers as we did in his player review, I, I kind of doubt that they'll move on from KK. I don't, I don't think KK's mm. tenure is done with the race, especially because I don't feel like the Rays are going to go back to a $65 million payroll. I think they're, they're going to hover a little bit around the 80 million mark, which we, we would never thought yeah. that they would come. That's actually where they are right now. I think they're 82 right now. So I I honestly don't know, man. I really don't know. I if if they're not getting rid of KK, if they're not getting rid of Phillips, if they're not getting rid of Marco, um, is it the same team essentially? I mean, they're just gonna replace a Nelson Cruz and then that's it. Maybe, maybe. I I think five million dollars though, it's just a tad too high. Yeah, for what I would like his role to be, which is just a platoon guy. Uh but worst case scenario, if KK is traded, then I see it as very easy if I were Kevin Cash. Brett Phillips, you take care of the right-handed pitchers. Manny Margot, yeah. you take care of lefties. That's my center field. And you just saved 6 or $7 million. Question. Yes. If you consider Manny Margot to be a platoon player, is Kevin Kiermeyer a platoon player? Well, because MLB.com just rated Manny Margot as the rangiest outfielder in baseball. Yeah, I mean, honestly, but the, the thing is, he did have better splits than Manny Margot. 676 OPS in his weak side. Manny Margot has a 650 OPS. In his okay, but side. is it, I mean, 676 versus 650. We're not t- talking 850 versus 650. Here. No, it's, but if you're just splitting hairs, maybe the $6 million. I, I don't know. If, I don't know if 6 million. I don't know if a, a, an OPS of 20 points more is worth that extra 6 million. But that's not it, right? It's the leadership. It's the it's the fan drive of everybody knows who Kevin Kiermaier is. It's right. the bubblehead called Kiermaier Claws right behind me. It's, it's all that, you know, it's the bolts. 
it's him being engaged with that community there yeah. too. We were talking about hockey earlier. Well, who is the most famous uh, race player to have been a, a bolts guy? Kevin Kiermaier. That matters. Those intangible things matter. If they didn't matter, Jim Choi would not have been a Ray since 2019. But they matter to the race. So that that's tough for me to just think KK's gone. But then again, somebody has to. I'm seeing a lot of rumors. I'm seeing a lot of articles about KK getting yeah. shipped off to the Phillies or elsewhere. Yeah. So I, once the lockout ends, yeah, we'll we'll see some movement. I think we will. So okay, can I can I throw it to you like this? Okay. Is there any scenario where you see Phillips, Margot, and KK on the team in 2022? Yeah. Okay. What do? What's kind of your percentage chance of that or odds? Flip coin, honestly, because okay. again. I don't think you can trade Kiermaier for a lot of value. Mm-hmm. So why would you give him up for nothing? You would have to you would have to attach a Taylor Walls to him. You would have to attach a Vidal Bruhan to him to get something back of value. You can't get a yeah. lot of value by only just uh, trading KK. So I don't know. The Rays got a lot for Chris Archer. <laughs> they they might be able to get. I, I, I'm not under the assumption that it's just a straight money dump. I think they could come up with some sort of creative deal here. I think if KK is dealt off, I think it'll be in the trade deadline because okay. you're, then you can open up a spot for now Josh Lowe to, to really settle in. Maybe he had got a cup of coffee in May, June. He was taking care of a corner outfield position. Boom, KK is gone. Then you push. Remember, that's how the Rays operate with a young prospect. They kind of yeah. ship off the guy. They give him a little taste. They bring him back down. They ship off the guy, and then they give him, right. here you go. It happened with Willie Adamas with Adina Echeverria. It happened with Wander Franco. It happened with uh, probably Josh Lowe. I just find it hard to see the Rays investing what? $20 million between Phillips, Margot, and KK. It's a lot this of money. upcoming year. But again, they're, they look like they're not going to, you know, be as penny pinchers as they were. Well, Stu would disagree. I think that's why he's blowing up your he's phone. He's like, right dude, now. I am not going to spend $80 million. Go back to 65. Al contraire, sir. <laughs> you just quit wait say, until February. Quit, quit throwing this $80 million payroll crap up there. Stop putting it out in the ether yeah. that I'm going to be paying $80 million. Uh, and honestly, I, even if KK does get the boot, I don't think it's like, oh, who's going to be our center fielder? I honestly think Margot could really handle I center field. I think it's tailor-made. Yes. Platoon that stuff. I think that, and I don't think he has any trouble handling center field. In fact, if he gets the opportunity to play more games in center field, I think he would just get more comfortable in that role. In fact, some guys think it's harder to play in the corners with the way the ball cuts and slices off the bat where you're playing center. You can sort of see the ball more true there. And and I, you know, it it just, I was looking back at some highlights of Manny Margot and he played center field in that last uh, Yankee series before the season ended. And he's made some really, really, Great plays. He actually had to call off uh, Randy Rosarena one time. Everybody We've does. seen some issues with Randy <laughs> uh, wanting to you know, yeah. get in on the action there. Okay. okay. So, grade time. Grade time for Manny Margot. Uh, got my red Sharpie out here. Uh, I think positives, negatives, everything I want to see, 81. A B minus. Uh, I think he he studied. He, he did his best. 81 is, I think, a, a fair... Wow. Uh, great for Manny Margot's 2021. I think you're becoming a tougher grader. You've stepped it up. Yeah? 
Yeah, what you, you are becoming that tough teacher. <laughs> uh, I gave him an 84, solid B. Okay. I, okay. I think maybe because I put some more weight in the B war okay, as opposed maybe. to the F war. Now, yeah. if we combine those two and... and 1.9, yeah, two. Two war player that yeah. for what he made and, and how he performed. Look, there's... We, we know what he is. Yeah. I think that's what we come down to with Manny Margot. And I think in some sense, he's sort of underrated and undervalued by the average fan out there with some of the things that he can do. Question for yes. you. 2022, let's say KK does get shipped off uh-huh. to the Phillies and he plays under Joe Girardi and they can talk about the good old days. Um, how, how do you, what, what would be your best case scenario? Manny Margot, number one in center field, or do you like the Brett Phillips, you take the righties, Manny Margot, you take the lefties. That's how we're going to do center field. Um, I mean, generally, yes, but I would like to see more Manny Margot than Brett Phillips out there. Okay. I, I would like to see Manny Margot probably get about the same amount of action that he's getting right now. Okay. Fair enough. Would you like to see Brett Phillips get more action versus righties? A hundred percent. That strikeout rate just concerns or, or, me to or, death. Or, well, this is the thing. And I, and I think that against I think it's lefties. last year. Yeah. Okay. I mean, against lefties, I, th- let me say this. I never want to see Brett Phillips against lefties. Yeah. I would be okay with seeing Manny Margot against some righties. Right. But I never want to see Brett That's Phillips fair. against the lefty. I think Brett Phillips, and I don't have his numbers right up in front of me. I, I don't see Brett Phillips coming out with another year like that. I don't see him hitting three grand slams in a span of 20 at bats. Do you see him getting a 36% strikeout rate again? Probably, yeah. And on it that is, note. On that note, uh, there we go. Hopefully, again, 81, 84. We're, we're not going to have a, a follow-up episode on Manny Margot. No. great. I think, you know, hey, we're That's giving him a low fair. B. Yeah. Mid-level B, that's your grade. There we go. All right, uh, thank you for making the Locked on Rays podcast your first listen every day. Now make your second listen, the Locked on Bets podcast. All right, have a great day and evening, and we'll talk to you tomorrow.